It's the US Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle. Welcome to another show. And we had baseball in London yesterday, and I am riding high off that. MLB Battlegrounds was trending on Twitter, one behind the vegan hour. So we were flying high. Baseball in the UK. We had this home run derby. If you didn't see it, where were you? It's been all over the news. Tuesday, 4th of July, Independence Day. The Americans were in tow, but the Brits were out for baseball in Hyde Park. We had ex-major leaguers, Carlos Pena, Sean Green, Cliff Floyd, Boston Red Sox against the LA Dodgers, as it was themed, going up against each other in a home run derby. We had GB baseball players, we had softball women, we had cricketers, Joss Butler, Alex Hales were there taking part. Fans in jerseys and hats, the memorabilia was everywhere. Fans jumping for balls, knocking over older women and and men. getting in front of them, trying to get balls, souvenirs as the home runs came flying their way. Federico Celli, the Italian, the Italian stallion, as the host Colin Murray was calling him all night, won the event in the end. Carlos Pena was in the final against, uh, against him for the Red Sox. Just an amazing event. And it really felt like, you know, the NFL game day in London, all the jerseys on the, on the tube, I was going to say Subway then, walking to Wembley, down Wembley Way, all the excitement, the, the stands, the food, the, the talking about about a sport you love. And, and this is the thing with baseball. Baseball fans are embarrassed to be baseball fans in the UK. In their homes, staying up late watching games. Oh, maybe I'll go on Twitter. Maybe I'll talk about it in public, but I might be shamed by other people. No one's going to respond to my tweets. Well, yesterday, all those people came out in one 15 to 20,000 people in Hyde Park watching baseball. It was an amazing event. The stage looked great. Boston on one side, LA on the other, red and blue. These huge targets in the air that, you know, the players hit them. They would go off. The pyrotechnics were everywhere. Timed. You had two minutes to hit as many home runs as you can. They did it in pairs. So there was even more competition there. The music, the dances. You know, they had a dance-off. Everything was themed. LA against Boston. The food. There was a virtual reality cage. Baseball was here. American sport, as American sports fans, we are fortunate. This is the best time to be an American sports fan if you live in the UK. We've got NBA games. We've got NFL games. Baseball was here finally. And that's what Major League Baseball fans that probably like the NFL and the NBA too. But they were so relieved. They were so happy to see it. And now they want games. Now they're asking for more. Let me tell you, 2019, there's a big possibility that there will be a series over here. So keep out for that. But I was so staggered and happy to see this event. Great weather for it as well. Finished about half past nine, not too late. Not too many long breaks between rounds either. Everyone was excited. People were engaged the whole time. You know, I saw, I was in the outfield during the event itself. Apart from the fact that you had to stay alert because there were balls coming at your face at 100 mile an hour. The safety has to be a concern for the next time they do this because there were just people that could have been seriously hurt no one died that was that was the best report that the event uh, stages said after after it was after it was over no one died that's great you know no one walked off everyone was engaged staying there for the whole evening watching the baseball watching the dancing getting food sitting behind the fences just relaxing july weather baseball in the uk i can see the vision to help me Look back on the event, MLB Battlegrounds, and and make sure you go on Twitter, at MLB underscore UK, follow their channel, and see all the content from the Major League players that were over here, the fans, everything you need to know behind the scenes. To help me get through all of it, John McGee, Batflips and Nerds, the great website, go on Twitter, at Batflips underscore Nerds, to follow all their work. They were at the event yesterday, they blog, they had an event before the event itself, at the, a pub in Victoria. They had 40 baseball fans come and meet them. How cool is that? 18 months ago, Batflips and Nerds started. Just a blog. And now it's got a podcast. It's got a, it's got a great cult following. So they did that. And John's going to join me now to talk about the event. Incredible. I can't believe it happened. Here we go. My chat with John McGee of Batflips and Nerds. He is the main man from Batflips and Nerds. Batflips and Nerds. John McGee, you tell me what that is. How are you doing? What's Bat? Well, firstly, let's dispute the fact that I'm the main man. I am a man. I'm not the main man. A nerd. None of us stand out from the pack. I am one of the nerds. Yeah, so Batflips and Nerds, we are a podcast, a British baseball podcast, the only British baseball podcast, I believe. I mean, I know you are covering baseball plenty yourself. I know Nat's doing plenty over on TalkSport, but I think we're the only one who 
focuses on baseball. So that's what we are. We are a British baseball podcast and website. We've got loads of writing on there too. I don't write quite as much as I'd like to because I'm reading everybody else's and putting it up there. So yeah, we're part of this fledgling community and we're going to talk all about that, I hope. So you've, uh, made, you've made an error here. You've made an error, yeah. John. You're, you're already an editor. You're already overseeing as opposed to producing. That's not good. Oh, mate, I know, I know. <laughs> I've, 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 I've transferred too quickly. I got, I, I got into it because I like writing and now I'm not doing it anymore, you know? Well, oh, it's supposed to be fun. I must apologise. This must be a huge come down. You were on TalkSport 2 last night with Nat Coombs. What, what was he asking you? Because we're going to hash over this incredible MLB Battlegrounds home run derby event in Hyde Park. But what, what, uh, what was he asking you about, first of all, so I can steal his questions? Well, shall I let you into a secret, Max? Go for we it. We recorded that on Monday. So we had to pretend that we we oh. had a lovely old time. <laughs> well, I hope Nat doesn't mind us revealing that. It doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this show anyway. Um, yeah, he won't be listening. So we well we talked <laughs> what we did talk about, and you know we may as well touch on that to start with was the fact that particularly over the last couple of months, I, I felt it, and I think that the fact that this event was coming, everyone's come out of the woodwork, right? You know, there's plenty mm. of baseball fans in the UK, hundreds of us and thousands of us. It was shown. Uh, Shown on Tuesday at the Battlegrounds event, they're everywhere. But people have been coming out of the woodwork. They've been setting up Twitter accounts for their team. They've been getting involved on Facebook and on Twitter and all the groups and on, you know, having a bit of a chat. We had an event yesterday afternoon. 40 people came along. I was, I was absolutely gobsmacked. So, yeah, we talked a lot about that. We also talked about the fact that the All-Star Game is a complete clown show. So, you know, we can go into that if you want. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I guess we were probably going to focus on uh, on London, yeah? No, I'm, I'm interested now because you've done this. You've, you've talked about the event before the event happened. So what did you say and was it different to how, how you saw everything go on on Tuesday night? Yeah, it was actually. I think I was, uh, I was expecting it to to have a little less spectacle and genuinely I wasn't expecting there to be so many people there. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I think if there'd been, you know, two thousand people there I would have been pleasantly surprised. But you know, people were saying there was twenty thousand people there. That's just absolutely incredible. There was also a lot and I know it, it was kind of baseball gym but not as we know it, you know, and you, you, you were there with your camera taking loads of photos and getting lots of footage for, for the MLB UK guys. It, it it was a weird confection that was sort of baseball and sort of not. And I knew that was coming, but when you were there watching it, uh, it was even more so. Uh, I think, yeah, some of the guys over in the States who've, who've read the bits and pieces that we put up already, uh, <laughs> they're laughing at us. But hey, we had fun, didn't we? First of all, I think it's fair to say Imagination, who, who put on the event, did an amazing job. And when I got there in the morning and I saw the stage and I saw LA, I saw Boston, because I, I had my doubts about creating this rivalry that isn't really a rivalry, so selling it as Boston against LA. But I get East Coast, West Coast, they're, they're just two big logos, put it that way, in, in fashion, in the, in the global sense. But when I saw the stage... And then as I saw people filling in about 5.30, 6 o'clock, all the jerseys, all the hats, what made me really happy and proud as a baseball fan is there were so many baseball fans there. It wasn't just man and his dog walking in because it was a sunny day and wondering what was going on. Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what, I was, I was absolutely bowled over by the diversity of fans that were there as well, mate. Really, it was absolutely amazing. Now, there was a lot of people who were making the fatal mistake of being out in public in Derek Jeter jerseys, but you've got to expect this. You see this anyway, never mind at a baseball event. But I saw some proper niche gear. I even saw a Reds fan. Now, you know that Colin nice. Murray, the man himself, couldn't find a Reds fan for his Facebook Live the other day. Nope. There was a Reds fan out in public, proudly displaying. I, I had a chat with him, and I told him all about it. I saw some proper niche gear. There was a guy in a, in a Masahiro Tanaka shirt, right? So... New York Yankees, that's not niche. He was wearing a Japanese Masahiro Tanaka shirt. Wow. These guys are everywhere. They're just hiding. They're hiding in plain sight. And yesterday, it was like, you know, it was our own version of pride, but it was baseball pride. We were all out in public. Everyone there in their Bogarts jerseys, everyone there in their King Felix jerseys. It was absolutely awesome, mate. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. Too many Yankee jerseys. I saw a Kiermaier jersey. I saw Matt Kemp, Adrian Beltre. So names that, you know, they weren't just buying the biggest names off the off the off the uh, the rack there. The, the fans that came really knew their stuff and I'm just happy that people were getting involved with the virtual reality cage. There were guys sitting way behind the fences just chatting and, you know, mildly intrigued. But it, by the end of it, 
I saw people getting involved merely because they had to try and stay alive because these balls were flying far and high. Um, the athletes as well, Carlos Pena, Sean Green, Cliff Floyd, the former major leaguers who were here. It's a great lineup. Um, did you have? Did you manage to, to chat with them? I know that some of the guys at, at Flips and Nerds did actually talk to those players. Yeah, we did. Hey, just before I talk to you about it, yeah, we did. And it, it was fun. We had, we had a, a bit of time with all of them and with Federico Celli, who obviously won too, but you were saying about the balls flying everywhere. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite so dangerous in my life as, <laughs> as people in what I can only describe as sheep pens. Now, I'm from the countryside myself, so I know what a sheep pen looks like, and that's what we were in, basically. But if you're in a sheep pen and someone, you know, you've got a, a lot of people who've had a few beers who are running around trying to catch a fly ball, some with a glove, some without a glove, some really little children, there were people getting mown down everywhere. They didn't care about their own health. They were just smashing into anodized steel. I won that ball. It was fun. And did I you see it. the balls? The balls weren't even official major league with the Rob Manfred signature on it. It was just a ball. Yeah, it was. It was just a ball. But hey, if it's a ball that's been hit by Carlos Pena, that's that's something that's something to treasure. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so yeah, we say you, you to add to to come on to the other the other question you asked. We did. We we uh, Darius and I got to have a chat with uh, with Sean Green and with Cliff Floyd too and uh, two more different characters you will never meet in your life my goodness <laughs> oh, they come to us hey t- can you explain to me why Cliff Floyd has to have a toothpick in at all times um i, I can't I-, I don't think i've ever met anyone in my life like cliff floyd the thing about him like now now i've seen cliff floyd on the tv i've seen him in old clips old video i've seen him on mlb network when i've been out in the states He's a big guy. And the thing is, his character is even bigger mm. than his, you know, his self as a person, as a, you know, a human being. But when you're in his presence, his presence and his like sheer charisma, just, it just overtakes everything. He, he, is, he is absolutely massive. And I don't know. I can't answer the toothpick thing. That, that's between <laughs> you and him. But I really enjoyed his, uh, his sort of uh, silvering, uh, silvering chin strap beard. It was sort of rivaling Philip Schofield in the distinguished <laughs> look. Now, that, that was really something. <laughs> I'm going to have to Photoshop that now. Schofield against Floyd. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't... He looks so different to the network. When you watch, when you watch him on TV, I'm obviously clean-shaven. Uh, that grey beard looks great, but he looked very different. I thought Pena and him together had a lot of energy. Uh, we filmed them coming in at the start when they saw the stage for the first time. And they were yapping at each other straight away. You know, obviously the camera was there and these guys are professionals, both working for the network. But Carlos was really professionally astute. He was really testing the sight lines, asking loads of questions, wondering what the targets meant. Whereas Cliff was at the front of the stage just yapping about Carlos. You know, he's got to do this. He's got to do that. I've got the World Series ring. So there was there was some really good talk between the two of them. I mean, Sean's a lot quieter than those two, but kind of made for a nice mix. Yeah, it did. I'll tell you what about Cliff, though. You say that, you know, Carlos was being astute. He was asking all the questions. Cliff was definitely listening because he was the only one who was trying to hit those targets, recognizing that they were worth more points than anything. He was hitting every single ball trying to hit a target. He he wasn't very successful because they were blowing in the wind, unfortunately. But uh, he was certainly trying. Hey, just while we're on Sean Green, you're right. A quiet dude, but a really, really amazing dude. A fascinating guy. If people don't know anything about him, they should definitely look him up because he isn't just fascinating as a baseball player he's at, he's fascinating as a guy beyond baseball we've got a, a really nice little interview with him on our podcast this week so have a listen to that but look him up he's a he's a fascinating dude and and honestly even though he confessed to us he's he's not in fit baseball shape he was hitting absolute ropes he didn't hit as many home runs as everyone but he looked like the guy who could step into the box tomorrow and just be you know knocking in ground ball singles on every single hit i thought yeah, and he had more home runs than the other two during his career. And it was funny because I, I told him the story. Uh, my first baseball game was 2004. I went to the Dodgers-Braves in, in LA. And he was obviously playing on that team with Beltre, with Steve Finley, had Jeff Weaver pitching. But he was in that team. It's just weird. And then there was a, the story came up. Colin Murray was doing his spiel before the event started. And he met a fan who loved Sean Green, had a Sean Green jersey with him, didn't realize that he was actually at this event. And so Colin said, look, we're going to go and meet him. So he took the fan, met Sean Green. Sean Green signed his jersey for him. So that was a really cool story as well. I thought everyone was very welcoming. And it, it just reminded me, you know, when you go to the NFL games, I don't know if you've done it in London. And I have, man. Yeah, yeah, I've been. You see all the jerseys on the, on the tube and you just, 
the excitement and I didn't know if that was going to be replicated here and it, it definitely was. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. I mean, everyone was there as a fan of baseball and I think that that was the, uh, the atmosphere that having spoken to the Charlie and the guys from the MLB office here, here in London, that's what they were hoping for. They didn't want it. To, I mean, I know there was the sort of silly mock rivalry and they, they, they kind of shoved Cliff Floyd into a Dodgers jersey, much to his uh, disappointment and annoyance, I'm led to believe. But it was fun. You know, that's what it was, first and foremost. It was an opportunity for people to meet other people who were into baseball, people who maybe didn't know about it, to come along and learn a bit about it. I was looking through all the tweets, people using a hashtag on Twitter yesterday. There were definitely people who would, who would just come along for a, for a night out and a few beers who knew nothing about baseball, who seem to have gone away having had a really good time who it looks like are probably going to go away and look into it more so you know all objectives achieved as far as I'm concerned yeah I agree hashtag MLB battlegrounds was one behind vegan hour actually as it was announced which is wow which is crazy <laughs> how, how we can't get ahead of the vegans I don't know uh I had a, everywhere man they are <laughs> everywhere it's it's the fashion isn't it um I had a couple of gripes. So, why were first of all, why were the targets the 150, 250, 200? Why were they so bloody low? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, you, you kind of wonder if it, well, they were blowing away anyway, and they weren't very low, and it wasn't very windy. So, I wonder if they maybe thought that they'd kind of take off into the jet stream if they had them a bit a bit higher. You, you genuinely, you, we were saying uh, we did a little periscope during the day when we saw where the targets were, and we thought. Maybe they thought Ichiro was coming, and he didn't turn up because he would have been hit. He would have been hitting all of them. Straight line <laughs> drives, perfect. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, and the VR cage, did you step in there? Unfortunately, not. Yeah, there was only one of them, wasn't there? And it, it, I, I didn't have time to get over there because we we had our little meetup over over in Victoria. Um, so I missed out on that, which which was a shame. I missed out on that last year when they had it down in the uh, in the shop too. Um, yeah. So, what was your what was your worry with those, mate? What was what was the problem? What the kites, the low flying kites? No, the the VR. The, you said the oh, VR. Oh, sorry, no. The VR was not a gripe of mine. Absolutely not. I had, I did, I did it a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I loved it. it, it I think f- everyone loved it. It was like everyone Wii I baseball, to right? who did it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was disappointed not to get a chance to do it because I. I, have, I haven't played since I've moved up to Manchester, but I, I played rec softball down in London for the last couple of years. And I'm not going to lie to you, Max, I was absolutely lamentable. <laughs> but then I saw people like Colin and, and hey, look, I, I know my swing was terrible, but it was better than Colin's. And if Colin was hitting dingers out, then I was pretty convinced that I could have hit one myself. And I'm telling you, I'd never hit one. <laughs> never well, hit one for my rec team. <laughs> I, saw, uh, I saw Colin actually swing the actual bat on the actual stage about 5.30 and it was it was bad. I mean, Carlos was giving him a tutorial of how to bat and at one point genuinely believed he was, la- he was left-handed. Colin was batting right-handed but Carlos thought he was so bad that maybe he, th- he didn't realise he was actually left-handed and his, his grip was a little <laughs> bit weird as well. But uh, what, what, have you, what have you seen? Like you've, when did you start this whole bat flips and nerds thing? Was it a couple of years ago? It was about 18 months ago, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's a strange thing. So, so um, Tom Pringle and I, who, who started it, there's now four of us who are on the podcast, and we've got loads of guys uh, sending in writing for us. But, so Tom and I are, are both Red Sox fans, and, and we used to chat on, online about the Red Sox, and he just made a joke one day about why, why is there not one of these things, and we should call it Batflips and Nerds, because we both like Batflips and Nerds. Uh, and we hit Goose Gossage, who hits Batflips and Nerds. So we did. So I just was. I just. I just sort of called him out. I was like, "Let's do it." There wasn't anything. We just felt like there were enough people. We didn't know how many people. We we just felt there were enough that we'd get. You know, half a dozen people listen to it every other week or something. We've got a few more than that. You know, it's not millions, but um, yeah, it seems to have come at the right time. You know, we we've managed to have uh, a bit of a hookup with you know riding this crest of a wave it's been it's been fun man it's been uh it's been a bit of a weird a weird experience uh, being there in the in the media paddock yesterday alongside people who i know better as cricket reporters on <laughs> the telegraph and the guardian and you know people from sky sports news i'm like what why why are we stood next to them but it was fun man it was really good fun that's the word i kept using to people was weird but in a good way because the whole thing was Just, weird, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're seeing Alex Hales, Joss Butler, international cricket players in the nets playing, hitting a baseball with a baseball bat. And they came out together and Alex Hales said to Joss, he said, that was weird in a good way. And then 
you know, they they loved it. They kept saying how fun it was. They were going to give up cricket in a jokey way, obviously. And they I don't re- think they're going to give up cricket, Max, having no. lost him. After last <laughs> night, probably not. I mean, Hales had the, the, the one-up on Butler. But they genuinely enjoyed it. They really did. And, and I think that the, the fascinating thing that they always find interesting is that it's so hard to do, you know. It's really hard to hit a baseball. And they, and they found that out last night, the cricket guys. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was stood quite near Alex. Uh, Alex, as always, my, my, my pal, Alex Hill, uh, when he first turned up, and, and Liam Carroll, the GB coach, was, was putting him through his paces and, and showing him how, how he should be swinging the bat and throwing, throwing a few sort of soft tosses, playing a little bit of pepper. And he, he <laughs> kind of went, oh, man, this, this really hurts. And uh, Liam ran off to get him a pair of batting gloves to make you know be a bit of a shock absorber. So uh, I think he learned pretty quickly that it was uh, not going to be too easy. But he found a way to do it, didn't he? He was... It looked. It did look like he was trying to hit straight sixes over the top. <laughs> he was hitting a lot with his knees, we thought, um, but Joss didn't quite adapt quite as quickly as him. I don't think. I love the grip. I love the stance. Joss is just. It's, he's holding it. He's holding it like a cricket bat, and they they just like to play straight, don't they? Straight through the V. Absolutely, Alex. Yeah, just right, right over the top. They were, they were, they were straight sixes. There was no, um, there was no talk in that, none whatsoever. It was all, it was all, uh, it was all lift. You know that 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 they're just uh, airy fly balls in every park, but in whatever it was in in the bullpen or whatever it was that we were in back there, uh, they were just about making it out. They were the ones that that people were nearly mowing each other down to catch. It just reminded me, my favourite comment of the night might have been, so I was filming in centre field during the event and the photographer lady behind me, when they started doing the dance-off between LA and Boston, she was watching it with me for about 10 minutes and then she suddenly turns and says to me, are those the players dancing? And I was like, uh, I don't think so, because otherwise they would be uber-talented, but you know that, that, that made me <laughs> chuckle. I wouldn't have been surprised if Carlos had uh, <laughs> sort of got down there and done the worm or something like that. Oh, those triceps! Those triceps! <laughs> that that man uh, that man is in good shape. He I is. knew he was going to be in good shape after his uh, after his promo for uh, cabbage and chicken the other week. The, pa- um, the power plate. <laughs> <laughs> the power plate. I must confess, I did not have a power plate for my dinner this evening. No, that's chicken Kievs. <laughs> Um, yeah, go on MLB UK and watch. Carlos did a few videos. How to bat with like holding a bat like a hammer. Um, not, you know that was another one. The the gym workout with his wife, his lovely wife, which which uh, we all in the office wanted to see more of. But we got Carlos doing you know the the dumbbell lifts and all that. So he he's in great shape. And he he honestly, John, he took this so so seriously. Yeah, he, he he clearly did. So yeah, in in our chat with Sean, Sean said that he he realised a couple of weeks ago that he was uh, you know he hadn't swung a bat for seven years, and he went to the gym to uh, I quote try and put on a bit of muscle mass. I don't really think Carlos had that problem, and you know we've seen the clips. He he must have been hitting two hundred five hundred balls a day for the last month, surely. Yeah. In the Dominican, in Orlando, in New York, wherever he was, uh, I'm I'm totally fascinated by this bat flips and nerds event you had. So, you said forty people turned up. It's crazy because for me, for me to imagine that in the same instance, if I said to my Twitter followers, "Yeah, we're going to have a US sports podcast hangout," I genuinely think no one would turn. I honestly, no one would turn up. So, for you to get forty people in a room before a baseball event in London, I think that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it was cool, mate. I was I was a little bit nervous. One or two people got in touch with us and said, you know, is is there anything on in the afternoon? Because there was this dead time between the batting practice and and the whole whole thing kicking off, and they were kind of petitioning me and and Tom to to put something together. So I you know I just rang a pub and said, you're going to have nobody there. Can I potentially <laughs> bring two people? Potentially bring more than two? Uh, and yeah, they rang me when I got off the train at Houston. They're like, there's a guy here. Are you for baseball? I was like, uh, yeah. Has he gone? And he had gone. But by the time we got there, they actually had the, the rerun of the, the preceding night's Red Sox and Rangers game up there on, on ESPN as Hang well. Hang on, what, so, pub, uh, what pub was this? Oh, it was, the, it was a sports bar in Victoria Station. So, you know, that's where to go. Get there, hang out. You can watch. They put baseball on for us in the afternoon. And uh, they were as surprised as we were that 40 people turned up, I have to be honest. <laughs> what, what were you guys talking about? Like, was it, was it, was it more about what, how the hell is this actually happening? It's amazing. Or more just about baseball generally? It was a bit, it was all of that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of why is this happening here? What the hell actually is it? And, you know, we were sort of, 
was the blind leading the blind mate in terms of in terms of how the event was going to go. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of baseball chat. There was I overheard one very intense conversation between our own uh, our own Darius, uh, the the statue and the the real nerd in the backflips and nerds, and, and and another chap who a chap called Aiden. They were talking about the 1996 Kansas Royals, oh, and at that point, yeah. I knew I knew I was out of my depth in that conversation, and uh, and didn't interject and sort of wandered off to somebody else to talk about the Stimpadroyas play from uh, from Monday evening again. The which, 96 you know, I, Royals. What what came out of that, John? Was it a punch I, up? I haven't I haven't got a clue, mate. I just sort of like dipped in, and like we're talking about the 1996 Kansas Royal, and I was just like. I'm out, mate. I've got nothing. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, it was good, man. Yeah, it was all sorts, all sorts of chat. Everyone was, uh, you know, making friends. There was, a, there was a big, there was a heavy Blue Jays contingent as there was on the day. Disappointingly, so I've got more animus for a team than I have for the New York Yankees. It's the Blue Jays, who, who, I, who I dislike with no real reason. Uh, but yeah, there was lots of them there. Lo- lovely, lovely guys, but. Why are they everywhere? Sod off. I know. I know. Well, they haven't won anything for a while, so you're all right. Um, on the st- back to the event itself. So two minutes to hit in the first round, then you had two minutes again, and the final between the last two was three minutes. I think the the setup was great. The way they did it with the timing, and there was there weren't too many long breaks in between the rounds. Um, what did you make of the, the general kind of setup and who was how many people were batting? I thought it worked pretty well. Like. As you said, you know, there wasn't too much dead time. It got going uh, thick and fast. And to be honest, it got going a little bit too quickly because I was, I was still at that point trying to, trying to get a few, uh, a few clips on tape, both from uh, people who were there participating in the event and, you know, a few fans knocking about. And I was also trying to get some dinner as well, which was, uh, which was what the only gripe I had. I don't know if you, you managed to get a sandwich during the day. It was pretty difficult, but that's, that's probably not MLB's fault. So yeah, it was good, man. It was it was fun. It was it was enough for you to be invested for a little amount of time, without the dead time that you know real baseball. Which let's be honest, Max, you and I enjoy that dead time. It's the sort <laughs> of you know the, the the sort of eerie waft of baseball that goes yeah. along where you can read a book or you can listen to some music or you can chat to some people. There was none of that boring stuff in baseball. What, well, I don't think it's boring, but what people generally think is boring. It was razzmatazz and it was quick punches and. Uh, you know, it wasn't long before one ball was going over your head and the next one was dropping in your lap. It was they got it they got it right. I think there was there was clearly a lot of thought had gone into how it was going to work, how they were going to draw people's attention, and it worked really well. Now I know we've got a bit more knowledge than most about what might happen, and as games twenty nineteen is is the the talk at the moment. We can't guarantee anything at the moment, but do you think this kind of event, right, where it's an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes, lots of hitting, lots of souvenirs? outside you know people can walk around is that where baseball needs to focus its attention on in the uk specifically or is this a kind of let's whet the appetite so when we do bring a game over here if we do bring a series over here the fans are going to already know you know what it's about to be honest and this is me being well i'm i'm not the biggest purist but being more of a purist maybe than some is that i hope it's more the latter than the former i hope it's a way to you know sort of a a gateway drug, if you will, so that people go away and, and learn a bit more about it. Because, you know, the thing about a baseball game is everyone goes on in the States about how long it is. But, you know, we've been weaned on cricket. That's a sport that goes on for five days. Mm. It's three hours, three and a half hours. Or or if uh, Joe Biagini, the uh, Toronto Blue Jay guy, is pitching about <laughs> a week. Uh <laughs> So it's not very long anyway. I hope it's more a sort of weaning process to get people. It was really fantastic. Look, as an event to introduce the sport to people in the UK, they pitched it absolutely perfectly. Could it work as an adaptation, you know, alongside 2020? Absolutely, definitely. If that's the way they want to, they want to take it. I think the two can ride pillion, mate, really. I think they can do both of them at the same time and, and do a mix because... You know, different things work for different people. There were a few people I was speaking to, no one on the record yesterday, but there was a few people being a bit sniffy about it, which, to be honest, it got up my nose. Look, I, I would really like them to bring some hardcore baseball, like the, the Rockies and the Padres, and I can sit there and, and tell everyone about Denilson Lamette or about Mark Reynolds or some properly niche player. You that, and no one what else. I'm all, well, exactly. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not all about me, is it, frankly? No. And there was, there was a little bit of it. It's about me yesterday, but not much. I have to be honest. Most people were there and getting into the 
spirit of it and having a really good time. What do you mean by that? No, what without naming names? What What do you mean by that? Were people people complaining about the event, or what was it just? Oh, why is baseball here? I think I think people were a little bit disappointed that it had been dumbed down. I I mean I said there was a lot of positivity Got on you. the hashtag. There was there was a there was a few rounders comments from uh, people who, who who basically need to wind their neck in and 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 learn what wit is. To be brutally honest, <laughs> um, but yeah, one or two people who I was chatting to on the day, but a, a very 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 tiny minority who were like, "Well, this isn't re- not." Well, you and I were saying it's not really baseball, but it's fun anyway. One or two are a bit like, yeah, when are they just going to bring a game over so I can just sit and tell everyone that, you know, I've seen Dustin Pedroia or Robinson Cano when he was in a baby grow or whatever. You know, <laughs> that's boring, lads. That's boring. I just uh, You can't just cater for the hardcore either, because if you do, you'll end up with half an empty stadium, right? You will get... you will, The fans that were there yesterday are going to be at any baseball event. You know, we you came down to this event we had in London for a pizza and beer night and everyone chatted. It was great. But, you know, it was a couple of hours. You didn't need to come down. People like you will watch those games if they do come. And it could be a terrible series. But I, I do think MLB need to bring over two big hitters, preferably Yankees, Red Sox. But they need these events. They need to educate people to say baseball can be fun because there is that belief in the UK. There is that stereotype of what baseball is and how long it takes and how slow it is. And everyone's fat, you know, and plodding and anyone with any size can play. It's not the case. And I think yesterday they showed off the athleticism. They showed off the entertainment that they can do between innings. And if you've got the right host, you've got the right arena, it can work. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, we've, we've, we've talked a bit about Colin Murray throughout the course of this podcast. We, you know, we've got to, got to take this opportunity to give him a big up. You know, in terms of whipping up the crowd, getting everyone involved and being a front man for this, he's, he's been the perfect choice. He's, he's, a, he's a terrific dude. He's been really helpful with us on the podcast as well, which I'm, I'm glad to say because I've been listening to him since he was on the evening session back in the, back in <laughs> the late 90s. Uh, so hi, Colin, if you're listening, and, and thanks for everything. But never mind that. I mean, he was perfect. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, if it's going to take root, it really they really need to pitch it right and make sure that they engage people properly. NFL's got it really spot on. I, I, I like NFL, but I'm not, I'm not a hardcore fan. My, my brother and my dad absolutely love it. They, 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 would, you know, they would go and watch the Cincinnati Bengals against the Cleveland Browns, if, if that's what we're going, because they would really know about, you know, their nickel defense or whatever. I would go because it's going to be a fun day out and I kind of know what's going on. And that's, that's the type of thing that you need, right? You really need to get those people. The first year it'll sell out, mate. It doesn't matter who it is. It, it could be, you know, the, the, the Tonopandi dog mules against <laughs> the Chicago Black hats or whatever you know two teams who just team. made up you know yeah good teams right uh, it could be anyone and people it'll say mlb and it will sell out because the corporate junkets will go and people will go for the novelty but if they want this to be something that takes root in the way that nfl has and to a lesser extent but no less no less impressively the nba has they need to pitch it right they need to make sure that people get engaged in it and that it isn't just a sort of one-shot thing so you said red sox yankees I kind of agree, but the only problem I have with that is that you can't go anywhere else. If you bring the two biggest and best-known teams over for the very first thing, what, you know, where do you go from there? This and is if it true. doesn't work, it just falls off a cliff, right? You're I right. think you probably need one of those teams for sure. Red Sox-Dodgers, as we had, uh, had on Tuesday, would be perfect. Mets is another team a lot of people like. The Blue Jays, of course, who, who I don't like, but pretty much everyone. You're just at, what, at least one recognisable team. Yeah. Right? And if they've got some big marquee players, all the better. Well, the NFL had Dolphins-Giants over here. It was the year the Giants won, their first game in 07. But it was raining, it was, di- it was just grim, and the game was bad. And I'm sure that the NFL bigwigs were worried about that. I know that MLB will want to have recognisable names over here. And it, it kind of it brings it back into that culture aspect as well. You, know, are you, you had a lot of people there yesterday who were hanging out, and they eventually got a hat, they bought a shirt, whatever it was. Um, if you're MLB now, right? If you're Major League Baseball, you've seen what happened last night. MLB Battlegrounds is a good start because there's been some drastically bad ideas in the past. The office has been dead. Nothing's really happened. Now we're moving forward. Like There's a clear plan here. What, what would you do going forward now? That's a really, really good question. And I, I got a, a, an opportunity to have a, a quick word with, with Charlie Hill, who runs the office yesterday, and was the, the brains and the mastermind behind, behind all this, along with Kellen Salter, who works in the office there with him. 
I tried to ask him that question, like what what's next? And he he he, he kind of fended it off. And I think the reason I was asking him the question, Max, was because I don't really have a straight answer to it. The, the straight answer is, yeah, we need games here. We need them as soon as possible. But that's the real answer of a baseball fan. The what next answer in terms of where do we go from something that was really great fun and really seemed to work and had its own signature and its own feel that was very different from, say, the Regent Street parties that the NFL have put on, for example. I, I just don't know. I think what they need to do, mate, they need, they need to put down some roots over the course of the next year. They need to go out into the community and engage with young kids in London. They need to work with the GB programme and work with the clubs and the infrastructure that's already here. There's a lot of people play baseball in the UK. It's surprising the number of people who actually are out there in their, in their pyjamas at the weekend playing this game in the middle of fields with no one watching. It's, 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 actually, it's actually quite heartening and quite, quite special to see see how how into it people are that's the right thing to do so tom he's on the pro on the on the podcast with us he, he's got this obsession with getting kids into the the paraphernalia that's one of the things i love about baseball is you know things like bobbleheads and mascots and all that sort of stuff get all that stuff i thought they did a really good job of that yesterday by the way there wasn't a kid who i saw who wasn't getting given a key ring or some baseball cards or a shirt they were giving out loads of gloves as well which sort of fantastic so all of that Get all of that. Carry on with that as much as you can. I think they need a staging post if it's going to be 2019, touch wood and all that in terms of games. They need something next year. Mm. Whether they do, they could just do this again. It was fantastic. Maybe next year you can amp it up a bit. Not not to um, not to diss down on uh, Carlos Cliff and Sean Green who were fantastic and you know they they'd be welcomed back with open arms. But but a few more dudes, a few more big dudes whacking baseballs off the stage. Let's have more of that next year. Mate, David Ortiz was flying to Europe the day before and everyone started talking. <laughs> oh, the big man. Jesus. It's, a, it's probably a good job that he wasn't there, to be honest, because uh, I, was, uh, I was sort of fawning enough with uh, Sean Green, who, who, who's written a really good book, The Way of Baseball, and I got Sean to sign my copy of that book and I felt like a bit of an idiot, slightly unprofessional. I'm a blogger. I'm not a journalist. Uh, yeah, exactly. You've yeah, got the excuse there, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. If the if the great man had been there, I would have been a, a been a quivering wreck, an absolutely <laughs> quivering wreck. I, so uh, yeah, I I I had seen that uh, as well, and I kind of knew that it wasn't wasn't what we hoped, and I was kind of glad in a way, <laughs> and I just made a complete fool of myself. But yeah, get the get the big man over next year. I'll be I'll be more prepared for it. I reckon. Yeah, you've made your point. If if Ortiz is there next year, we're gonna need a lot more gloves in the outfield. What really made me like smile was before the event you had two guys, two about seven-year-old kids they clearly hadn't played baseball before and they were chucking a tennis ball back and forth to each other with the gloves on you know trying to catch it and that's what you want because american football is played across you know the uk now in universities but it's a big part of the bucks program you've got basketball nets in every school down the country it's easy to play it's it's cheap to play Baseball is something that we've we've never been we've never been brought up on, right? No one's got you know unless you live in certain parts of the of the UK, you don't own a baseball bat, so it's just difficult to work on your game, work on your swing, and that needs to become more that you know people need to leave that event last night and think I actually love Pena, I love Floyd, I love the Dodgers, I love the Red Sox. I'm going to adopt those teams. I'm going to watch the games, but I'm also going to play. Yeah, they do. I I I, I really. I know that uh, Baseball Softball UK had a really big presence yesterday, and I know the London Mets were out flyering everyone. There was a big contingent there from the Guildford Baseball Club and the Hearts Baseball Club. I, mm. saw their, I saw their caps everywhere. I hope that they spoke to as many of those kids as they possibly could, because, you know, we might have the, the first homegrown Major League star out there on that field yesterday, fingers crossed. I hope people do go out and find their club, and I really hope that Major League Baseball do everything they can to partner with some of these clubs and and get out into the community. As you, as you said, mate, that, that's part of the problem. There, there are hoops everywhere, right? They're, at, they're in every single school playground. They're in every communal park in the UK, which is kind of weird when you consider that we don't really have it as a, as a national pastime here. And you're right, every now and again, you know, I say every now and again, really often now, you go to a park in, in Manchester where I live or in London or, or up in Cumbria where I'm from, and you see genuinely see people trying to get their spiral on they're usually pretty crap right but they're giving it a go no one's out on a baseball diamond and it's not it's not expensive the the, the mitts they don't cost much but there's nowhere for them to go and play it uh so that's another thing you know if mlb could invest in another thing over and above the pizzazz and the razzmatazz 
uh, giving us a bit of bit of help in terms of building a few diamonds wouldn't be a bad place to start, I don't think. I think we have to talk about, quickly before we let you go, the champion of Battlegrounds, Federico Chili, Chelli, whatever you want to call him. Um, the Italian stallion, as Colin Murray was introducing him as. Uh, yeah, he was this... a bit embarrassed by that, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't pre-planned at all. Uh, this guy was hitting absolute rockets. Peña brought them back into it in the final round. And then Chelly just knocked it out of the park. So I, I read the uh, the article on your website this morning, actually, about uh, about the guy who you know he played in single A, batted less than a hundred in single A for the Dodgers, and was released. Well, according to last night, if you would just watch that, you would have thought, man, how did this guy not make it? What did you make of him? I was I was really impressed, actually. I mean, I I don't know what training he'd had. I don't know if he'd been trying to hit the ball out, but. One of the things it kind of brought home to you, and this is a thing that when you listen to people like Liam Carroll or you listen to what people like Carlos and Cliff were saying to the, the kids in the GB uh, program yesterday morning and you listen to people on all the podcasts over in the States, they talk about reps, right? And even if you're playing baseball in the UK regularly in the UK, that's like once, twice a week. It's not every day and it's not five hours a day like they're playing over in the, you know, the travel ball camps. What Federico Celli has that Carlos Peña doesn't and the softball women don't have and Gary Davison, who, who did GB Proud, by the way, and certainly what Alex Hales and Josh Butler don't have is reps, right? He's playing twice a week for a semi-professional baseball team in Italy at the moment and he's training every day. And that's kind of what you could see. It's not, it's not, to, not to denigrate his achievement because he was absolutely mashing them, mm. but he was the guy who was, uh, who was in condition. And when I looked at his stats this morning and it said, you know, 0.92, although to be fair to him, he was a lot better than that year before. It looked like maybe something had gone awry for him a little bit last year. He managed to get the high A and even did okay there. Um, yeah, he, he, yeah, how good must these guys be oh, in no. the major leagues? If he, if he was, and you know, he was up there against an all-star, albeit a, a, a one who hasn't played for a few years, but clearly still, still knew what he was doing. And he, he was comfortably the best comfortably it wasn't it wasn't sort of Dick Griffin Carlos but he he hit a couple of flukes and Federico was just knocking them out of the park every single time yeah how I, good are these guys if, if he's in 092 in like a sort of you know basement level baseball it's crazy I, I always sticks with me Tom Verducci the great baseball writer always said you know he had an experiment once where he was facing live major league pitching and it was the hardest thing he's ever done. And it, it speaks to the talent of the hitters. It also speaks to the talent of the pitchers because yesterday they all knew where the ball was coming, right? And they knew what speed it was coming at. And Sean Green bought his own BP pitcher over from the States. How crazy is that? Really? I yeah. didn't know that. He's per, he's per, you know, he, he acted like he wasn't into it, you know? Like Payne was the only one who really cared. But if you're flying over your own BP pitcher, that says it all, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's absolutely true. And I mean, this, this is the thing, right? They were getting... They were getting buff. I mean, the, Liam and Will Linton, everybody who was throwing the balls down for them, they were doing a great job because that, that, that repeating action, it's, it's not a lot of fun when you're doing that over and over for two or three minutes. But they were throwing them buffet balls <laughs> and they were throwing them at like, what, 30, 40 miles an hour? Just think if you've got, if you've got Chris Sales stood there on the mound and he's, he's throwing them at 100 miles an hour and then he's throwing them at 70 miles an hour. I read a really good thing the other day. The best description I've seen of pitching in baseball ever is it's basically like playing rock paper scissors at 100 miles an hour <laughs> like nice they, you don't know what they're going to do in no. terms of the speed in terms of the type of pitch that you, you and you just guess it yeah you know, it, it's and that's that, that's a really good way of describing baseball from a pitching because that's where the real fun for me comes in baseball it's what's the pitcher going to do and when's he going to do it and that's it it's kind of like that chess game on one level you know it's brute strength it's amazing shows of force that we saw earlier in the week and on the other it's that that kind of chess match it's like a it's like a cross between gladiators and chess mate that's what it is that's what we need that's how we need to pitch it sell it get john fashion get john fashion out there with gary kasparov it's gladiators <laughs> meets chess oh you've come up with some right characters tonight as well this this is going to be I, that is exactly what i was going to say you sell baseball as something that is incredibly hard and an amazing skill because it is not just swinging a ball about a ball and hitting it it's the most it's a crazy position as well if you think about sports they talk about the quarterback position in the nfl well being a pitcher i know you've got your guys behind you but on the mound staring at these you know huge stadiums raised above the pitcher's mound and you know that is 
that is a crazy thing to think about, really. You're, step, you're walking onto the field, you're taking position, you've got a batter looking at you, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a tough job. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, they literally raised this guy up. This guy is the most important person on the field, and everyone's eyes are on him. And if he fails, everyone is watching, and everybody knows. If the guy at the other end bests him and he hits a home run out, everyone sees it. If he's throwing complete junk, <laughs> everyone sees it. He's on a ped- you know, he's literally on a pedestal. There's, there's something sort of like it's it's like something out of like Greek theatre, isn't it? In some <laughs> respects, it's like what that yeah. Let's watch as this guy stands or falls. He's literally on a pedestal. That's that's another like I've never really thought of it like that. But that's another another way you can view the game, and that's another little nuance and quirk of it that I yeah, another thing to find fascinating and fun now, that's why i love that's why i love the sport man i love i love nearly all sports but this one you know is, is sort of first among equals for me because it's just so mad it's crazy and everyone goes oh it's boring i'm like it's not but you've really got to invest in it that's that's kind of the unfortunate thing you've got to invest in it to to kind of get there it takes a little bit of time it's not like and i know you're a big hoops guy it's not like you know guys running up and down a court throwing a ball through a hoop anyone can understand that right uh, Anyone you, can understand just, guys smacking a ball. <laughs> you've just, yeah, you've, exactly. And um, you know, eighty-two games a season in the NBA, you've got to invest double that for baseball. So, yeah. Um, last one for you, mate. Um, was there a conversation that you had at the event last night, or a question you asked one of the players and you got a great answer? What was the big? What was the great story that you came back with remembering? <sighs> that's that's a really good. Mm, it's a really good question. I don't know if I've got a good answer for you. I'm afraid. Did you, meet, uh, did you meet anyone interesting? Anything that stood out for you? It could it could just be about the event itself that really that really made you think, "Wow, this is this is great." Well, let me have a think. Hmm. I don't know, man. I think I would probably fall back on the fact that it was this this idea that there was it was a sort of coming out for it. Everyone was there. Everyone was in their baseball gear. They were able to talk to each other about whatever whatever they wanted. And and as you were referring to before. Everyone was in sort of weird and wonderful shirts. I, I absolutely loved it, you know, seeing the Beltres or the Scott Casmires, and there were people there in, like, you know, niche minor league gear. It was absolutely fantastic. In terms of the chats that we had, I just, I thought the fact that, you know, particularly Cliff and Carlos, but Sean as well, in his own sort of less effusive and quiet way, the fact they were so into it, they just, they were really, really excited to be there and to be part of something that's growing overseas. I, there was, there was no, um, no sort of shirking the commitment to be you know, ambassadors, as, as the MLB UK guys have called, have called them. They absolutely were. It, it, was, it was fantastic. But the other, uh, this is the, the, uh, the, the other thing I mentioned about Alex Hales finding it, finding it hard. He, he, I you know, stood near him, and he, he said how nervous he was. You know, this, is, this guy, I don't think he's ever been nervous in his life, at least not for the last five years. He's one of the best cricketers in the world. <laughs> Just shows, you know. Athletes, athletes, are, athletes are amazing, and everyone thinks they can try everything, but no, they can't. Yeah, put put the music on, put the crowd there, step into the the limelight, and you know they they're all going to compete, aren't they? They're all going to take it seriously. Um, John, this is your this is your moment as everyone switches off because it's nearly an hour into the show to tell me uh, where you are on Twitter and what you got coming up on the website and everything else. Yeah, so. Um, We've got a podcast going out. If I'm guessing this is going to go out in the next couple of days. I've actually the seen po- it. Sorry, I've seen one that just went up that you had with Cliff, Sean, and there you go. Charlie. Yeah, we've got a we've got a podcast up there right now with uh, Cliff Lloyd, Sean Green, Charlie Hill from LB UK, uh, and a couple of fans who we spoke to out and about uh, on the day. So that's up there. Uh, we've got a couple of really fun episodes coming in the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk to Nick Miller from The Guardian, who wrote a really good preview piece uh, about Battlegrounds, and he's a, himself a massive, massive baseball fan. He himself is a Red Sox fan, so he's going to be on next week. And Tom and I are doing a bit of a Red Sox offshoot because we're both Red Sox fans, and we try and keep away from talking about the Red Sox so we don't bore everyone, but we kind of have an itch that we need to scratch, so... There's a bit of a Red Sox offshoot coming, and we've got a really, really cool guest for the first episode of that too. So that's coming soon. In terms of where you can find us, we are at batflips underscore nerds on Twitter, and the website is batflipsandnerds.com. I won't tell you all my details. That's all the things that you need to know. <laughs> we've got a thing in common then. It's MLB underscore UK, batflips underscore nerds. What's going on there? Well, you know, someone had got in with just bat flips and nerds first so i had to 
think on my feet, mate. Who the heck is that? And can we figure that out? Can we sort that out? We couldn't resolve ours, so I'm, I'm guessing no. But no. How, how much did you? How much did you guys have to try and pay someone? Well, <laughs> well, we can't we can't discuss money changing hands here. But some bloke in his you know grandma's I don't know living room sat there. I just imagine it with his pants on, his wife fronts on, bowl of popcorn, MLB UK. You know, just happy that he's taken away from our success. Because Colin had to shout underscore so many times last night, it started to make me cringe. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're all about the underscores in, in the world of online, in the world of, you know, my, MySpace and uh, WeChat <laughs> and all that, man. So, you know, we, we maybe maybe that was it. Maybe I was maybe I just knew you needed an underscore in there to make it more internet. Maybe that was what my, my thinking was when I was doing it. <laughs> it's the UK baseball slogan, underscores and underdogs. That's That's what we are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Un- unders- underscore baseball. That that's what we are. We you know, yeah, absolutely. That well, something like that. We can riff on that, Max. Maybe next time. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. I know you you got home at two o'clock in the morning after the event, so go to sleep and have a power plate tomorrow because it will make you feel better. Yeah, it definitely will. I I subsisted on on brownies, coffee, and pizza today, which probably <laughs> wasn't what my body was crying out for, but it's what I thought I needed. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on. All right, cheers, Max. Thank you to John for coming onto the show today. And thanks to you, baseball fan out there. If you couldn't come to the event, then I'm glad you might have been able to listen to this show and get some sort of recap. You can go on MLB UK on Facebook and they have the highlights uh, of the final uh, round between Carlos Peña and Federico Celli. You can watch the highlights on ESPN. ECB have got some highlights of Joss Butler and Alex Hale. Go have a look. It was incredible. And please come down to the next event. There's going to be more baseball has started this vision, as I was talking to John about. You know, it's it's getting there. It's The base level is here. They've set a precedence now. MLB UK did nothing for so long. You know, you had baseball, softball, trying to push, the, push it in terms of participation. There's loads of clubs. But actually bringing the Major League Baseball product over here, it's taken a while. It was a, this was the real deal. Just wetting the appetite now. And I think hardcore fans want games. Maybe if you were there as a casual fan or a beginner last night, you just want more of that because it was a lot of fun. So thanks for listening to this uh, episode of the US Sports Podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at Max underscore Whittle. Please go onto iTunes, leave us a lovely review. Uh, rate my show if you can out of five stars as you wish. It really helps to bolster the, the, uh, the listenership for this podcast. One other thank you as well, Carlos Pena, Cliff Floyd, Sean Green for their time the major leaguers that came over here were so great with their time. And Carlos and Cliff particularly, you know, those two professionals, they're both on MLB Network, as I was saying to John. And when they got on stage, they were talking, they were jawing back and forth. Carlos was so locked in. You saw his face and, and, you know, he produced. So did Cliff. Cliff was going for the targets near the end, but they were so funny. Cliff Floyd is a proper, proper dude. You know, he is funny. He had the LA hat on. He was really getting into the vibe. Carlos was great. And Sean, you know, first game I went to see, Sean Green was playing. So really great to meet all of them. And they really made the event special. I will speak to you next week. We are going to get into the NBA free agency. It's been crazy. It's been crazy as I speak. The latest big move, Gordon Hayward to Boston. We've got to talk about Paul George, Jimmy Butler, you know, Taj Gibson. Everyone's moving around. So we'll get onto that next week. But it's all baseball tonight because I'm so happy. I'm so proud of the UK. Uh, and MLB UK for bringing it over here so shout out to them MLB Battlegrounds I will speak to you next time thanks for listening